Is it all right if we just start? We, I think we already did. I think we already did. Um, you know, growing up, I had the privilege of growing up in a small community, Rossay, New Brunswick. And if you were to go to Rossay, New Brunswick, you'd find uh, the Irving home right there in the heart of the community. Before the Irvings built their home there, there was a school. That school was an international private school for girls, and it was on that campus that I grew up. I had the privilege of growing up on that campus. My father was a maintenance man. That's where my mom and my dad met. My mom went there to work when she was a teenager and met my father, and well, that's just the beginning of the story. And here we are, almost 50 years later. But it was on that campus that I was first introduced to culture. It was on that campus, that, that campus was, it was well known, it was a, a world-renowned campus, it was well attended in that season of my life, and, and I remember every year when the school year would start, yes, there was some local students that attended from the community that I was a part of, or St. John, or a few maybe from our province, but there was also a number of students that came from all over the world, and it was in that young formative years of my life that it became normal, it was it was just normative for me to look out, and there was a number of different cultures. There were people from Asia, people from Africa. There were people from South America. There were people from all over the world. And I remember distinctly when I would have conversations with them. It wasn't uncommon for there to be a language barrier. It wasn't uncommon for there to be an accent. And sometimes you had to work a little bit to figure out what somebody was saying. Now, that, that's what I'm saying on my side. I'm sure... On their side, they, had an act, they said, this little guy has an accent as well. Uh, but I just remember that in that formative part of my life, that, that culture was normal. And I remember that uh, as the school went into decline and my father chose a new profession, a new position, uh, and, and left that location where he worked and went to a new location, there was something that was still missing in my heart. Because once you're exposed to culture, it's hard to step back. Once you're exposed to, to different areas of the world, and once you're exposed to people that may not have had the same worldview as you, all of a sudden you're, you're longing to know people from other areas of the world. It, it became a common question for me to ask, well, where are you from? If I detected or had this little hint of an accent when I was speaking with somebody, I'd ask them where they're from. And, you know, sometimes maybe it was Newfoundland. <laughs> or Cape Breton or... Or Doketown. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe it was just, yeah, maybe it was just from some part of the world that I'd never been before, never experienced. And, and, and by nature, I, I'm, a, I'm a homebody. I like to be home. But that exposure to culture, and, and then, of course, when, I came on staff with Capital Community Church. Pastor just kind of blew the world wide open to me. And before I knew it, I was on a plane heading to Pakistan. And I was in a plane going to, to, <clears throat> to Singapore, going across different places of the world. And, and as you travel, you begin to understand the world doesn't revolve around me. The world doesn't revolve around our, our, our little family. The world doesn't revolve around our little community. And, and, and sometimes the struggle that we have uh, with growing up in New Brunswick is that we, for a most part, for a long time, have been a monoculture community. 
very limited exposure. We have First Nations, and, and I'm grateful for that. And we'll talk a little bit about that tonight, too, because, because multicultural includes all cultures. We may as well talk a little bit about French and English because there's distinct cultures. But let me tell you that we've got to make sure that we have alignment with every culture. We've got to make sure that barriers are removed and walls are torn down because if God's going to do what he wants to do in New Brunswick and if God's going to do through multicultural ministry what we believe that God is going to do, you better get ready to get rid of all the hindrances, get rid of all the barriers, get rid of all the preconceptions, get rid of all the racism, get rid of all the hindrances because because God wants to use the church to do a great work in this end time world that we're a part of. Since Genesis chapter 11, Babylon, the ninth verse, the Lord scattered the nations. And since then, there has been confusion. There's been division. There's been separation. And God began to repair humanity. God began to reach and draw them to himself. And he started with one man whom he saw faith in. God began with Abraham, and Abraham's seed would grow to Isaac and Israel. And if you look casually, it would appear that this one nation had a corner on the market, like God was playing favorites, but really God was just beginning. Just look at your name and say, you got to start somewhere. you got to start somewhere. Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, my backyard shed wasn't built in a day. So sometimes it just doesn't happen overnight, but you've got to start somewhere. Someone say you've got to start somewhere. So God wasn't cornering the market on Israel, even though it looked like they had this monopoly on the Almighty. He rescues them from Egypt. He responds to them in the desert. He communes with them in the tabernacle. He leaves them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He says that they would be his people. And he said that he would be their God in Jeremiah 31 and verse 33. So it seems like God was very exclusive on who he was communicating with. But it was just the beginning. It was just the starting point. Because throughout the Old Testament, there were hints of what God was going to do. Someone thank God. I mean, really, thank God for a moment, because if he had just only focused on Israel, none of us would be here right now. If he had just focused on Israel, none of us would have a chance to hear the songs that we sang, we heard tonight, to sing the, the songs that we sang tonight. None of us would have that opportunity, but because that was just the starting point, we all have the privilege of experiencing the presence and the power of God tonight. And throughout the word of God, there were hints of what God was going to do. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 28, he said, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon, wait for it, all flesh. He wasn't limiting what he was going to do to one family. He wasn't limiting to one nationality. He wasn't limiting to one group of people but that he was willing. He said hold on and wait for it because one day I'm going to pour my spirit out upon all flesh and we can look around the room tonight because God promised and he performed everything that he said that he was going to do. We've got nations from all over the world in the room tonight. All flesh. Isaiah, God said, fear not, for I am with thee. 
I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I'll say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. And, and someone right now, some of the theologians are saying, well, that's talking about the nation of Israel. And it is. That's not all that God was talking about because then he went on in verse 7. He said, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. God said everybody has the opportunity to know me. Get ready because the door is going to swing wider than one family. Get ready because the door is going to swing open so the whole world will have the opportunity to enter in the whosoever will is going to be invited the many the nations the tongues the kindreds they're all going to be a part of my end time church and I don't believe it's just a coincidence that we begin to focus on multiculturalism I don't think it's a coincidence that we're fighting what we're fighting in the world right now as far as racism because the enemy wants to bring division but God wants to bring communion The whosoever, Joel said it, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. It wasn't an exclusive note. It wasn't just a, a, a peculiar invitation for the who. It was the whosoever will. The whosoever will. And let me just fast forward because we don't have time to go through the whole Old Testament tonight. But let me fast forward for a moment. And to the New Testament, Pastor Matt, if you can help me. You see, Jesus, God manifested in the flesh. He was Jewish. He was born to a Jewish mom and dad. He's born in a Jewish home. He attended Jewish synagogue. He had Jewish friends. He had a Jewish future as far as his family was concerned. But he was on a mission to break down the barriers and the walls that would separate everybody from the plan and the mind of God. It started with all of those walls that were up. But Jesus began to touch the leper. He called the blind man to him and he opened his eyes. As a matter of fact, the Bible says we don't have time to go through all the miracles. We don't have even, they didn't have the paper to write down everything that he did. But, but if you were to look through, Jesus began to break all of the cultural conduct rules that were in place. Because Jesus was very intentional that whatever wall was between the people and God, it was going to be removed. You see, if God had an intention, if God had a plan, and God had a, revi a revival, it wasn't just going to be for a select few. Now, now, that was the biggest hurdle for Israel because in their mind, it was exclusive. Someone say exclusive. Sometimes that's where we get hung up. Our history is what we want to maintain and keep. And God's saying, I want you to, to pull out the tent peg 
and put it in a different location because the tent isn't going to hold. Your idea isn't going to hold everything that I have in store. And so Jesus was the same way. All of a sudden, he was, you know, if you look back in, in, in ancient history, there was, there was a number of barriers that were there. There was the Roman culture. There was the Romans. The Jews were at war with them. can't spell tonight it was Romans there was the the Samaritans they were at war with the Jews there there was uh all these I've, I've got my cheat sheet right here let me grab it there was all these different uh barriers and hindrances well there's us there's the Gentiles But if you watch what Jesus began to do, the miracles that he were performed, they, 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 they perform, he performed many more, but there were some miracles that were recorded. Can I, can I just kind of remind us that some of the miracles that were recorded was because Jesus was very carefully knocking down the walls of separation? The Roman centurion, when the Roman centurion came to Christ, he said, I, I, I have a hundred men under me that, that will take my very command and act on it. If you'll just speak the word, then I believe that my servant can be healed. And so Jesus, what does he do? He steps over the borders and the barriers and he heals the Roman centurion servant. All of a sudden, the people are in a quandary. Israel's wondering, well, this can't be our Messiah. He's working alongside all of the Romans. But what Jesus was doing, he said, if, if you're going to separate the Romans from the revival that I want to have for people, then I've got to carefully take that wall down. I've got to carefully tear down all the barriers and hindrances. Why do you think he said he had to go to Sychar? He, I must needs go through Samaria. There's a woman at the well. Why? Because he knew about the cultural challenge and the cultural fight and the cultural struggle. So he went to the well, the woman at the well. Why? So that he could have revival. He wanted Samaria to know when the time comes, you're not excluded. I want to be sure that the world knows that that wall, that wall of partition is broken down. It's separated. It's tore down. I want you to know that the open door is right there. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I want to make a declaration. He's still that kind of God. He's still that kind of king. He's still that kind of savior. And whatever wall... I'll put it, it's a Syrophoenician woman. She comes to him, she says, I, I believe that you can heal my daughter. And he said, I, I can't take what's meant me for the, the children and give it to the dogs. He, he said, I can't do this yet. You're out of season. You're out of time. But she said, oh, but Jesus, the, the dogs lick of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus has got to step back. And he said, oh, Syrophoenician woman, you've got no idea. You are pulling on the heartstrings of my heart. And I can't resist the opportunity. So it says, go, go ahead, your daughter is going to be made whole. What, what's happening in that moment? He's tearing down the cold. 
cultural barrier and the cultural wall that would separate God is wanting them to know there isn't a division there's not a wall of separation that can keep my promise from coming to you the door is going to be open get ready for it it was those walls of separation that he was intentional on defining and tearing down Let's fast forward to the New Testament church. It was the Gentile nations that were outside of the promise, outside of hope. But yet God calls Peter and he says, go to Cornelius' household. Why? So that the wall could be torn down. The door could be open. Cornelius, there is no separation. The opportunity is there. The privilege is yours. You see, and we can look at that, and there's just a little flash of revelation in the room tonight. You see that? It's just happening because all of a sudden we're seeing God, you are. A multicultural ministry doesn't just start with Brother Raymart and didn't just start with Brother... Brother Frank Carter cast in vision, just didn't start with our district, didn't start. It didn't, you know, I, I can tell you where it started with me. You know, all of that framework that God built. But if I went back to October the 13th, 2013, there was, there was a uh, general conference that I was attending and Sister Vonnie Marshall was there. We'd already tried multicultural ministry. We'd already tried ESL. But Scott, you and your wife had just landed here from Pakistan. We had already said, well, why don't we see what we can do, see what avenues we can open up. But God came so forcibly in that conference, and, and to Pastor and I, on the plane home, we planned what we believed that God was going to do through multicultural ministries at Capital Community Church. And God's still opening those doors, and God's still fulfilling that promise, but it's been a journey. And so as here, we stand on the precipice of a brand new ministry launching. This is one of our first services for multicultural ministry in the Atlantic District. And I am so excited. But that excitement comes along with some concern because we can observe the walls that were there in the Old Testament. We can observe the walls that were there in the New Testament. But today, in 2020, we still have some ideas about exclusion. We still have some challenges to work through. We still have some mentalities that we need the Holy Ghost to help us adjust. Multicultural ministry does come with its challenges. Here's some things that we've heard through the years. I don't trust I, or I don't understand them. I have different ideas, fill in the blank, backgrounds. History. Why don't we just 
isolate. Here's the other problem. Is that sometimes we have the idea. Here's, here's one that I wrote down. I've got to include. Let me do this. You do you. I'll do me. And all of a sudden, because you know what? We can have diversity. We can have people of different cultures and different areas show up. We can have them be a part of our community. We can have them be a part of our city. We can have them be a part. But you know what? Until we begin to integrate. And that was the difference. God could have landed on the house of Cornelius the same way that he did in the upper room in Acts. But you know what God did? God said, Peter, get up and go. Peter, you've got to go because just talking about it isn't going to be enough. Just preaching about it, just preaching about it in Acts chapter 2, just preaching about it in Acts chapter 1, these, this, come on, it's going to fall on believers. It's going to fall every kindred, nation, and tongue. You, you can talk about it, but, but at some point, you've got to get up and go. That's the power of missions. Missions is, is knowing that the harvest is there and knowing that the field is there and knowing that cultural diversity is there, but getting up, leaving everything behind and going into that area. That's what we've got to do. And we compel missionaries to go. And we have services about preaching and teaching. And we have services that call is there. And we feel it. And we go. And people are called onto the mission field. But can I remind us that God wants to call a church, a local church in our district, a local church in your community, a local, come on, a local person to get up and go to the coffee shop and meet with somebody because you integrating with them could be the most powerful message they will ever hear in their life. You say, Pastor Jack, but it's, they're a, a different language. They're a different culture. I have trouble. I, let me tell you what. God, God wants to take all of our excuses. And God wants to take all of our ideas. Because really all they are is walls of separation between what he wants to do. Because God wants to have a marvelous, powerful revival. And right now, all of our ideas and our... our, our our excuses are standing in the way of what God wants to do. There's mighty revival, but we can't. You know, here, here's the challenge. The great revival is on the other side of your excuses. The great revival is on the other side of the cultural barrier. The great revival, the great key that could unlock the door to open what God wants to do in Fredericton, what God wants to do in St. John, what God wants to do in Miramichi, what God wants to do up and down. Come on, that's standing on the other side of the wall. And as long as we have all of our excuses all written out and we've rehearsed it and we've performed it and we're just, uh, you do you and I'll do me. Uh, I'll tell you what, as long as they stand in the way, then we will never see the revival that God God has for us but if we can just kind of get in our mind that that's nothing but an excuse and it's time to get the walls out of the way and let the walls fall down I believe that God wants to bring a great great 
great revival. Come on. On, one more time. There's, come on, there's a call at work in the room right now. If you just be seated for one more moment, I'm preparing to finish. In order for the New Testament church to become who God needed it to be, there had to be multicultural focus. Acts chapter 2, 17, it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Acts 2 and 21, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first. God's plan. And also to the Greek. Romans 2.10. Emphasize one more time, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first. And also to the Gentile. The New Testament church was... A multicultural church. Can I rephrase that? The New Testament church of today has to be a multicultural church. Before you write me off tonight... Say, well, that's, that's great for Fredericton. You've got a university here. You've got colleges here. You've got work here, you've got, we're not a big city, but here's what I've learned. I, I, there is, as Brother Raymond already said, there is probably multicultural communities in your community. Check your schools, foreign exchange students, colleges, universities. Has anyone ever heard of temporary foreign workers? They're in New Brunswick by the thousands every year. Upwards of 9,000 individuals come to our province to work. Blacks Harbor, the fish factory, blueberry fields, potato fields, harvesters come. Could it be that God's saying, 
if you have a multicultural door open, then I'm going to impact the whole world. Could it be that God is performing exactly what he promised? We can come back to the music tonight. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 5 to 7. It's a mission verse for our church, but it's a mission verse from the word of God for every church. God said, fear not, I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up. To the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. God is unlimited in his reach for races and culture and people and harvest. Verse 7, even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. God's done his part. Now he's waiting for the church to do her part. If Jesus stepped over the Romans, the Syrophoenicians, the Samaritans, the Gentiles to tear down the walls of cultural division, shouldn't we? Before we write off yet another person in the news, why don't we just take a step back and, and, and try and understand where that person is coming from because that bridge you say, I have nothing in common. Start to talk to them about their history. Start to talk to somebody about their heritage. Start to talk to them about where they came from and why they had to come here. Because some people, their past is horrendous. It's horrific. But God's calling a church to become the bridge over every barrier to revival. I love Jesus. He just stepped into all the conflict and started to minister, to heal, to help. The New Testament church just reached. Philip stepped up into the Ethiopian eunuch's chariot. There's Peter preaching to the Gentiles in Cornelius' house. Paul, missionary journeys to reach the world for Christ. On and on the story goes, where's the disconnect today? Where are we in that story? Where are we in that story? The problem is sometimes we have the barriers. We have preconceived ideas that limit our perspective. They limit our reach, us for no more. And God's saying, can't be that way. An end time church. An end time church has got to be a multicultural. Our church needs to reflect our community. I, I was I was moved by the video, Brother Raymar. The students. How someone willing to go. Johnny, where are you at? There he is. Someone willing to go. He said, didn't see the color of my skin. He didn't see, actually, he said, didn't see color. 
we got to get rid of the whole here, here's there's two things we got to get rid of a racist mentality and attitude that's one thing we have to get rid of and then we 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 better even get rid of the idea that we aren't racist because sometimes that's what we stand behind when really here's what I've learned the reason we're not racist is because we've never had races here pastor says we're so white we're pale I still don't know what that means but everybody laughs every time so I'm just repeating it pastor I don't even know what that means but as races begin to come to our community as different nations come in we better put a guard up to say that's a child of God because you know what you can ha you can stand behind that excuse and say we don't have the same history we don't have the same background we don't have the same idea and before long you're starting to put the wall back up of separation that you didn't even know was there but because someone's different than you and somebody has a different idea or a different ideal or a different past or a different history or a different language or a different culture then all of a sudden we if we're not careful, we will become people that put walls up of separation. And I believe that we're in a unique, wonderful position and that we don't have all this backlog. We don't have all this racial history, but if we're not careful, that wall, the enemy will stand out. Look in the U.S., look, look in Canada. Look at what's happening in our world right now. There are walls being erected. There's division that's happening. Why? That's just the way that the enemy works. But God's saying, church, that's not who you are. I don't want you to reflect that. I want you to reflect me. Let the walls fall. And put a guard up against that idea of racism. Put a guard up against that idea. Why? Because we need to keep the door wide open. We need to keep our mind wide open. And when those ideas and those thoughts begin to creep in, you know what you need to tell yourself? If we go back far enough, we all have the same history. We all have the same God. We all have the same culture. We all come from the same creator. And besides that, we ain't all that anyway. We need to be a multicultural church in closing. The greatest revival that our world has ever seen happened about 105 years ago. Ago, A seed was planted by a son of former slaves to create a multicultural Los Angeles church. It was the establishment of a multiracial mission on Azusa Street by Pastor William Joseph Seymour. It turned everything upside down in Los Angeles. All the major churches of the day were trying to figure it out. What was God doing there? There are many things. There was hunger. I believe it was timing. It was the turn of the century. As a matter of fact, if you read through Pentecostal history, you'll find that the Holy Ghost was poured out on the first day of the first year, 1901. God began something brand new in that century. And William Seymour had his spiritual sail in the air and he caught the wind of what God was doing. And so yes, it was timing. Yes, it was what God wanted to do. It was where God wanted to work. He, he, he was just settling down 
in that city of Los Angeles and William Seymour was turning the world upside down. So yes, they had hunger. Yes, it was timing. But there's another element that if you begin to look at it was a very critical element that I believe was there that we need to have in the church of today. If you looked, that church, that church with Pastor William Seymour, the son of black slaves, was the pastor and the preacher. But as God began to move, color disintegrated. As God began to move, it didn't matter about the culture. As God began to move and hunger began to get into man's heart, Japanese, Chinese, Mexican, European, Canadian, American, Caucasian, black, Hispanic, white, all began to worship together. It was a phenomenon. You gotta remember, at the turn of that century, Jim Crow laws were just coming into effect. There was mandatory government-sanctioned racism. But against that backdrop, this church on fire, this multicultural church got the heart and the mind and the eye of God. And God said, that looks like the right place because that church looks like the right church. That church sounds like the right church. I believe that's where the Holy Ghost has got to move because not everybody there is speaking English. I've got to talk in tongues through my prophet, my man of God, so that they can receive a word from God because it's not all one culture. Could it be that God's waiting for us to open the doors of our churches until we're inundated with culture that we can't rely on anything but the Holy Ghost to help us could it be that our clever sermons and our speech and our cultural excellence doesn't appeal or impress the people that show up? So all we've got to rely on is the power of the Holy Ghost. And all we can say is, God, we need you because we can't do this by ourselves. Could it be that that's God's goal in a multicultural outreach in your church? Standing together with me. Thank you so much for your kind attendance. I'm well aware. I'm well aware that it's not easy tonight. But God never said this robe was going to be easy. He just said it was going to be awesome and incredible and far-reaching and eternity-changing. That's what God promised. I'm preaching to myself tonight. I think there are times when we've had the right activity, the right actions, we've been engaged. In, but I'll, I'll just be honest, COVID's thrown a wrench, a wrench in our ideas. And I'm, that's one of the reasons Pastor Justin McKenzie encouraged me so much. Because he said, I looked at that pandemic and I said, we're going to grow through it. We're going to grow in the midst of it. I honestly believe that, that God is wanting to grow our churches if we're willing to open our doors. I can't isolate the fact that Azusa Street Mission, the church that turned the world upside down, was a multicultural machine.
Last verse, John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. He said it three times. We'll just say it. Love one another. Love one another. Not love my one another. Love one another. Not love our one another. Love one another. Love every one another. Would you lift your hands in the air? Father, would you let that unction rest in this room right now? as she plays it one time would you pray it's private right now God's dealing with somebody God it may be challenging it may be different I'll, I'll promise you this though it's exciting if you get your foot in the door of reaching into cultures and engaging in the culture you need to be prayed up you got to be ready you got to be commissioned you got to be on that mission it's treacherous territory, but I'll tell you what, if you'll go with the right heart, if you'll go with the right motive, if you'll go with the right intention, then God will use you and you will never regret the opportunity, the door that is opened in that opportunity. You'll never forget it. It will be incredible. It'll be awesome. I believe God's calls in the room tonight. I know your hands are up. Let's pray together. Father, we're asking tonight. God, that commission you placed on the early church. God, we would be bold enough tonight to ask that you would let it rest in this room. Let it rest on each heart, each life. God, I pray that it would commission this ministry. God, I pray that you would give Brother Raymar wisdom, knowledge, understanding. I, God, I pray for every committee member. I pray for every department leader. I pray, God, for every sectional representative. I pray, God, that you would let them see god your eye through your eyes the harvest god that we wouldn't see divisions and barriers and walls because revival is just on the other side of those walls so god i pray you'd help us knock those walls down tear down those dividing lines tear apart that division god let love reign in our hearts one to everyone another we pray in your name Sing, I want to be.